Welcome to Buntu Vista Socialist Club, episode 35. Uh, I am Andrew, and I am here with Theo. Hey. How you doing, Theo? Good. Oh, great. Now I'm top billing again. That's right. I like to just cycle everybody in and out, make them feel good. Uh, next up we have, wait for it, folks. It's Lucy. Ah, it's me. Everyone's so sick of this, but I'm still enjoying it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And apparently bringing up the rear today, unfortunately, is uh, is Ben. How you doing, Ben? Is that a homophobic slur? Uh, oh, no. Well, it, he did say unfortunately, which is not not, not great. Mm. Not a good look, Andrew, but, you know. But, well, wow. for the record, if anything, it'd be biphobic, surely. Mm, true. Not a good look either way. Wow. Yeah. Fairy attacked right now on all fronts. <laughs> and I would the like front to say- and the back, yeah. What what would you like to say? No, I've just you've done it again. That's another homophobic attack. That's two. That's two in as many minutes. Less even. Unbelievable. Uh, also, hello. Hi. It's <laughs> welcome to be on the podcast. It's great for me to be here. Uh, good. I'm glad you're happy. And that's, that's as far as we're going to investigate that. I'm going to take that statement on face value, despite um, your demeanor and attitude. And uh, I will just assume that you are happy. Um, can we get a can check, folks? A what? Theo? Hmm. Um, Getting a can check. Yeah. What are, what are people What are people sipping on? Um, buddy, I'm slurping on a uh, on an Asahi Sukai. Uh, oh, is that like the mid-strength one or the low-carb one? It low is, it one? is Japan's um, finest um, uh, low-carb mid-strength. Ugh. Carbs, it's it's 6.30 or 6.49. It's, it's you can't still, have carbs after dark. It's still a little way from my bedtime. Uh, I don't want to get too sleepy. What uh, are you drinking low-carb beer for? You, you've got to be like 50 kilos soaking wet. No, no, I, I know. And I, look, I've got, I've got, I've got the high-carb beer for when it's uh, time for, you know, a meal in bed. It's my dessert beer. That's yeah. right. Just to polish it off. But for now... I've got a couple of hours uh, left to be awake, um, and uh, yeah, don't want to get too sleepy. Well, he's doing that for you, listeners. He's doing that for you. He's staying that alert. Of Theo's is strictly theoretical. He has literally never been soaking wet. Uh, he's not allowed <laughs> to go near bodies of water because there is a fear he will be swept away. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, well, I made a horrible mistake when I sat down. Uh, in that I didn't have a beer in my hand and now I've got a laptop and a series of cables on me. I'm mm. about two metres away from the fridge oh and I was no. sort of going to wait for an opportune moment to mute my microphone, try and get my way over there while still listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, obviously that time is not now. Oh, look, I think, I think we can make space you for it. Give I'm it going to ask... Yeah, I'm going to ask Lucy what she's sipping on. Then I will describe what I am sipping on. And I think in that time, yeah. you can be back with a beverage that you can uh, describe to me the manner in which you are sipping. All right. Well, I'm going to make a run for it now, but I'm also go not it. going to mute my microphone. Um, okay. Just go. It's kind of like theater of the air. Yeah. Uh, there might be a series of noises. Oh, I'm actually quite a, good at this. It's more of a radio play at this point. Okay. Uh, Lucy, what you sipping on? Uh, I'm sipping on a wine. It is Ooh. a red. One of the two kinds of wine, yes. One of the two kinds. It costs $20. Holy shit. It costs $20, so I probably should have looked at what it was. $20 it's wine? from Adelaide. A swanky so wine. That's a, it's a good wine region, Adelaide, so uh, it's a fancy one. <laughs> My goodness. Folks, uh, that, is, that is what your subscription dollars are going towards. It's mm. funding Lucy's incredibly lavish lifestyle. Lavish lifestyle. $20 bottles of wine. Sometimes they're from New Zealand. Sometimes they're from Adelaide. I just, I'm a woman that, that knows wine. Woman of the world. Woman of culture. Mm. Uh, I am sipping on a tin of Mountain Goat Summer Ale. Because, <laughs> um, be. well, be- <laughs> on account of... Uh, my my in-laws came to visit and my father-in-law loves this shit and he left like a half a slab of it here. So I will drink it. It's, it's acceptable to me. Hey, Ben, what are you oh. sipping on? Andrew, I'm so glad you asked. I'm sipping on a delicious 4X gold. It's the oh. taste of summer. The beer of kings, huh? Is I it don't though? know if they say that. Truly. I had my very first 4X recently. So did I. What? Yeah. How? 
I mean, not how well, did you out, have it? Out I of mean, a can. How was it out of first? a can? Um, uh, I have just. I, it's never come up. Let me put it that way. It's never come up. Mm. Um, I don't see them a lot here in the bottle shop. Yeah, me either. Um, and I certainly like. I don't see it on tap anywhere or anything like that. But let me say this: I found it to be a perfectly passable lager. How about that? Well, thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say. Mm. That's very brave. All right. Uh, that was officially the longest can check that's ever been recorded. <laughs> and um, so I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, folks, speaking of people who probably need a drink right about now. Good segue. On our last episode. Thank you. You, you love my segues, don't you? I'm still growing on me. <laughs> Smooth as butter. We respect that you I- make the effort. <laughs> Thank you. Only only 35 episodes and they're starting to grow on Ben. That's good. I also feel like they're just starting to grow in that they're getting longer and more convoluted every time. Like more, oh, yeah. More sensical. Definitely like there's a clear through line, but it does feel like there's more hoops are being added to each one. Yeah, well, that's part of the challenge is that um, while you're talking about something unrelated, you've just got to gotta see that opportunity and then thread the needle, you know? Um, so, speaking of people who probably need a drink, a taxpayer-funded drink right about now, um, on our last episode, we discussed the uh, many wild sexploits of Deputy Prime Minister and uh, National Party leader, Barnaby Joyce. Uh, he'd, he'd been in a bit of trouble. Um, he'd finally had exposed to the world his um, affair with his sexy mistress, 20 years his junior. Uh, now, there was a lot of moralizing from various parties. Um, as we said at the time on that episode, um, part of the issue is that whether you are like progressive or conservative or young or old, there was basically no way to look at this story that kind of had a positive angle for Barnaby. Mm. Um, it sort of, you know, it became clear that there was a bit of, um, bit of sort of, Uh, assistance from the government in helping him both sort of uh, shuffle along his mistress from uh, being his staffer as well, obviously highly inappropriate, uh, to other places and all that sort of stuff. So we recorded that episode and put it out. And then um, it's safe to say that over the course of the following week, a few more things have come to light. Um, It's almost been an unending stream of things coming to light. Yeah, it's been every day. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, um, Barnaby's unending so, stream. Uh, <laughs> 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 mm, um, so, so yeah, so I I tasked Lucy with um, attempting to put together a timeline of all the things that have happened in the week that has passed since we talked about attempting because um, there's just been shit heaps yeah. every day. It's been it's been wild, just out of control. So um, I'm trying to let me let me try and put my finger on where it was at when we stuck a pin in it last week. Mm. And I I don't even think we were at the point then of knowing about the um, the various roles that were created for his staff. Uh, Vicky Campion, mm. is that her name? That's her name. That is indeed her name. Yep. Uh, who apparently was, was the former deputy editor of the Daily Telegraph, um, oh. Australia's greatest scumbag... Wow, I didn't know that. That makes so much sense. Mm. Um, So, yeah, was was the former deputy editor uh, and became a comms person for Barnaby Joyce and also apparently uh, then sucked and fucked him a great deal. Oh, don't, Uh, don't. No. Look, we can't say that. All we know for sure is that they fucked once. We don't know if they sucked uh, and we don't know how many times they fucked. Let's just stick mm. with the facts. We're, we're hoping to get a line on to... how much sucking there was. Mm. Well, we're still waiting. Yeah. I'm sure uh, it'll come out uh, But I'm later. sure someone will break it eventually. We'll keep you updated. Mm. We will. Barnaby Suckwatch. <laughs> Suckwatch 2018. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, look, if we were a TV show, I'm just imagining like what kind of graphics we would run on the screen at that point. Um so, so yeah, it's been pretty out of control. So, where where would you try and pick it up from there, Lucy? Well, I think there was a couple of days, a couple of like calm before the storm days after you guys recorded last week. 
And then on Sunday, the news came out that uh, the Prime Minister's office stepped in to move his mistress from his office and they made her a brand new role um, on Matt Canavan's team. Very ethical stuff. Uh, I would like to just jump in and say for international listeners, um, Matt Canavan is a minister in the Nationals. Uh, he is a huge piece of shit. He's a and, bad and man. Just a, a thunderous dunce of the highest order. Yes, also a Nationals um, please minister. Please look him up on... Yes, look him up on uh, Twitter and just look at the picture that they chose for his profile uh, profile picture because you can only assume that he's uh, so fucking dumb that he has to have um, people like do everything for him. So a team of people were available and that Fuck. was the headshot it, of him that they chose. It looks chose. like that photo of Warney uh, with his whole lips like wrapped around the glass, the beer glass. <laughs> around the beer glass. But they've just photoshopped out the glass. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's just um, his normal face. Uh, we, we can also give Matt Kahneman a shout out. Apart from being the... Um, Apart from being the most uh, blatantly obvious stooge for the coal mining industry in the entire government, I think that's probably a safe mm. thing to say. Um, he wrote he wrote an entire essay in um, the same the same edition of the quarterly essay that friend of the show Benjamin Law wrote his article about safe schools in. Um, he wrote an entire essay about how much he loves the coal mine in his electorate. Uh, so he's got that going for him. But his other claim to fame from recent memory was during um, uh, all of the debate around same-sex marriage before the postal survey on it. Um, he went on Q&A and when confronted with the uh, statistics of how many, um, how many queer young people uh, attempt or commit suicide... He said that um, everyone should stop being such sensitive little pedals and, oh, and, he did and too. toughen up. That's, that's yeah, I believe so he specifically said that they needed to grow a spine yes. uh, that's, from that's memory. That's the phrase. He's also uh, the piece of shit that sold out his mum in the citizenship scandal. Yeah. Uh, he just oh, yeah. He fucking sucks on so many levels. So he uh, was alleged to have had dual... Italian citizenship and they had the paperwork for him applying and then his immediate response was to go, my mum forged it. Mum forged my signature. She did it without me. Which I is blame, a crime. I a relatively serious Italian crime. <laughs> yeah. So he's the worst Italian son in the world. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I would just like to throw out at this point a very big official Punta Vista, fuck you to Matt Canavan for being such a humongous, uh, slithering turd of a man. <laughs> Agree. So it's no wonder, really, that that he got involved um, with the graft of yes. setting up a hundred and ninety thousand dollar a year position for mm. um, Vicky Campion, to which get I her believe away he from Barnaby Joyce. And he confirmed today that they did not interview anybody else for Is that, that position. What people get yeah, paid. They made the position. Oh, yeah, it's wild. It's, it's out of control. Is that what actual people, like, earn in a year? This is just... You know, uh, like, every time you see uh, a photo of, like, some dipshit MP you've never heard of riding a tram and they look like they're about to shit themselves and the caption says, I'm on a tram. <laughs> uh, the person that did that, that post, earned them about $7,000. Oh, my God. Mm. Yep. I'm fucking Oh, well, here's, an, here's an example attack. for you. Uh, here's an example for you, Theo, of the amount of money that Barnaby Joyce makes from his salary um, when the when he announced or the Prime Minister announced today that he was going to take a week of leave, uh, one week off from work, he earns oh $8,000. I mean, I, I know, I know yeah. what MPs oh, yeah. get paid, but uh, it's still... When you, when you frame it in like yeah, a week-by-week thing, staff it's, are the same. it's just insane. But it's it's also it's well. I mean, that is kind of insane to think that her so the deputy prime minister's social media advisor, although she wasn't even the social media advisor to him, but like Barnaby's on what like four hundred and ninety thousand dollars a year or something. I think it's so early four hundred thousands, but still obscene. Yeah, the dipshit that does their posts gets half as much money, which I mean doesn't sound like a lot, but it's still I don't know. It's just fucking. It's weird. 
It's, it's a lot of money. It's ugh, ugh. Uh, yeah, no, four four hundred and sixteen thousand dollars a year. Oh, ends. there we go. Just a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. So so uh yes, he got parachuted into. Sorry, she got parachuted into a uh, big piece of shit Matt yes. Canavan's office. Brand new role Please. for the lady. So was it this office? No, it was Canavan's, wasn't it? Where they sent her there, one hundred ninety thousand dollars a year, full time social media advisor. When Matt Canavan already had a social media advisor in the office, I think uh, she was probably. the media advisor, mm. like not just social. I don't know. I don't know the difference. Well, like, like I said, they he also confirmed today when people said, "Oh yeah, they they just created the position." With with the sole purpose and intention of slotting her into it. And um, you would think that you might be able to refute this by saying, for example, uh, oh, we advertised this role and then we interviewed um, eight people and we found that according to the criteria that Vicky Campion was by far the most qualified person. Um, instead, Matt Canavan confirmed today, uh, no, we didn't interview anyone else because we all knew who Vicky was and she's she's great at it. And that was enough, apparently. Of course you did. Of course you knew who she was. Why would you interview more than one person Why would to pay them $190,000 a year for a job? Yep. So, obviously, yep. the next day, uh, Labor accuses the government of a breach of the ministerial guidelines, to which Malcolm Turnbull said, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister did not breach the ministerial code of conduct because Miss Campion was not his partner at the time of the staff appointments. Mm. Which is, I just don't even know where to, to to begin with that one. It's hard right. to know what angle to take, isn't it? Because um, there's like there, there's no way to look at that other than um, they already expect people to fucking hate them, and now it's pure just hanging on to seats mode. They got Scott Morrison on. 7.30 or whatever after that day, after the partner's day. And when they were like, okay, so what constitutes a partner? Uh, ScoMo was like, oh, well, you see, you can only have one partner at a time. Sort of not <laughs> really looking at the fact that that's the whole fucking point that's of what point. fucking happened because he was fucking cheating, you fucking dipshit. And it's polyerasia. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bar Barnaby was not just cheating, but by, or, it, you know, it wasn't just that he cheated because, as I'm sure we will discuss further, um, and as we discussed on last week's episode, at every turn of this, the entire thing is painted as though Barnaby Joyce had one too many shandies at the Christmas party put one up this lady who came back a few weeks later and said, oh, no, I'm pregnant. And he went, oh, no, now I have to do the right thing and leave my wife. <laughs> no, rather than that, it was he was conducting a very long-term affair. Living together. Bit like people were talking about um, that it was already public knowledge in the sense that he was already trying to reconcile with his wife in April of last year. Yeah. And and he's still with this woman now who is heavily pregnant with his child. To to try and paint this as though Barnaby Joyce has had some momentary lapse of judgment is fucking absurd. Um Yeah, and and pff, ugh. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. The suggestion that, you know, he's he hasn't been living with his wife for, you know, six to eight months or whatever. And in this time, he has been staying with this woman that he clearly is conducting a relationship with. She hmm. is pregnant with his child. They spent the like they spent the holidays together over Christmas, the entire thing to suggest that this woman could not be considered his partner because he also had a wife. Oh yeah. Who who he had also by this stage already publicly acknowledged that he was separated from. Yep. And she said so that fun too. That, like so, Malcolm Turnbull's favorite yeah. thing is semantics. So he just assumes that the Australian public's favorite thing is <laughs> semantics too. It's like, well, ah, but have you considered uh some bullshit semantics excuse I for this? Like, this? I was like, yeah, the back like <laughs> boo. Oh yeah, cuz he, he just he just can't understand. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. 
He whipped, tried to whip out the uh, the Centrelink definition, oh, which is which is which is uh, wonderful as, as well with all the this. people getting pegged for uh, like literally as we speak by the robo debt uh, scandal for partners that they have never lived with in their in their life. So uh, that that's a good start. Yeah. Well, not just that, but uh, like a. Uh, the government's own definitions, the Centrelink definitions and stuff, besides besides the actual stuff that they have written in that definition, generally speaking, if you are living in the same, if you are a woman and like with a child and you are living in the same house as a man, the government by default assumes that that man is financially supporting you and then factors that into any welfare payments that you get. You need to, you need to jump through great hoops to get to that point. Of actually clarifying it with them, the so yeah, he whipped out the definition of partner, which was like it's kind of broad strokes. If you're a you know cohabitating, blah blah blah, which I don't think they were demonstrably cohabitating until uh, after November. Uh, but the definition of being in a couple by Centrelink standards is basically like anything. Like if you've Just anything, seen yeah. a person of the opposite sex, like. One of the dot points that can qualify you for being in a couple is just any sexual relationship. Mm. So, like, if you give a hand job to a stranger in a nightclub, you're a couple. Congratulations. If, if you, like maybe, if if within the last six months you have watched a romantic comedy and imagined yourself having a relationship with one of the characters, you are technically in a couple. Yeah, for the absolutely. purposes of welfare payments. It's just like of all the things that he could have gone to. Uh, it was one of the dumbest fucking things to try and pull out. And the reason he has to do that is because the ministerial code is not very comprehensive. It's not a legal set of rules. It's just like guidelines that were drafted up. So there's nothing you can point to where he's like, oh, well, the letter of the law is this. It's just, it says partners. And then he's like, oh, uh, Centrelink, that's fine. That'll do. Well, I, I have many thoughts about the whole um, ministerial code of conduct angle, but I would probably like to save that until we get to the end of this timeline, which involved what happened this afternoon. So, please continue, Lucy. Continue with this timeline. Ah, yes. Well, I believe later that day, the uh, revelation came out that at some point Barnaby was living with her rent-free in Armadale, in a place that was he was not paying rent for because it was provided to him by his millionaire friend, Greg Maguire, who mm-hmm. said he was just helping a mate out. Just helping out a mate whose political partner, uh, whose political party I regularly make donations mm. to. Just it's helping out deal. my buddy who earns over $400,000 a year and just, just needs a bit of a rent-free place with his, with his mistress. Now, it's also worth noting with the Greg Maguire, is that his name? Yes, I don't know who he is. Uh, sorry if I if I could just suggest here, cocksucker Greg <laughs> McGuire. Um, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. So so this guy also has a bit of a sordid history in um, Barnaby's electorate of New England, uh, which is that he um, there was a there was a former either Liberal or National candidate who was getting set up to run. Um, went and had dinner with this Maguire guy. And when he finished having dinner with him, he immediately traveled to like the, the head office of the nationals and had a conversation with one of the like leaders or, you know, main administrators of the party who immediately reported the entire thing to, um, uh, to like the, the federal corruption body. Yeah, so they didn't. They, I don't think they ever actually came out with the specifics of what was said or anything. Um, but the guy in question then immediately withdrew himself from running for the party. Um, and also, I'm pretty sure that Tony Windsor, who was the uh, f- former independent from that seat, who regularly sort of ran against Barnaby Joyce. Um, that he, I think he accused this Maguire guy of attempting to bribe him, or um, it it was it was something where he said that basically this guy said to him, "Oh, you know, what do you what do you want? What's it gonna what's it gonna take to you know get you to do some nice things for me in this electorate?" Uh, so the guy sounds like a real piece of shit who is ready mm. to throw a whole lot of money at um, getting whatever he wants out of a politician. 
So it's all it's all a bit of a shitstorm from there. I don't know where to uh, peg down what day everything happened. There was the uh, sexy photo that came out on the cover of I think it was on the Daily Telegraph of uh, yeah, Barnaby eyeing off his uh, scantily clad lady, which is a uh, you know it's just terrible stuff. It's unbelievable. And look, um, um, we're not. You know, we're not into um, we're not into shaming the ladies for their bodies or their clothes. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it wasn't it wasn't what I would consider a super workplace appropriate. I'm outfit. gonna say it was not a work appropriate outfit. I'm um, I, I'm of the mind it's honestly not that bad. Like she was wearing like a relatively modest length skirt and a singlet top to an agricultural show. Like typical Ben. Hmm. Typical. Uh, Honestly, like, I just, I really don't like that that's exactly what the subtext of the photo is. It's not... Oh, it would have been for the Telegraph, That Barnaby is horny. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's that when you're presenting something like that as the telly to the telly's audience, you know exactly what you're doing, and it wasn't meant to be, look how sleazy Barnaby is. It's meant to be, check out this dumb slut. That's basically the subtext of the picture. If you looked at the comments from when they posted the headline... Uh, posted the front page. That's all the comments are. Even Ugh. from like, you know, left-leaning people. You know, lefty boomers are like, they just like oh, drop yeah. their principles the moment it's someone they don't agree with. And it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. That shit pisses me the fuck off. And it's well, super I, gross. I, I definitely took the picture as um Barney Horny. Um, <laughs> but you're but, an advanced modern man, so you would read it that way. He did look um, horny. And yes, we can all agree that supposedly left-wing boomers are the worst at um, championing all kinds of values until the moment that it is politically expedient for them uh, to turn around and go, oh, this dumb slut shouldn't be wearing a short skirt. Um, but I will say as far as like, um, you know, I have, I have worked in like uh, media and comms sort of areas um, in both very large corporations and government departments. And um, I definitely looked at it and was like, that is not what I would expect somebody's um, comms advisor to, like a minister, the deputy prime minister's comms advisor to be wearing at a function. Uh, this is true. Yeah. But yeah. also if the worst thing that she's done about- is sleep with Barnaby. That's, oh, that's yeah. her crime. Mm. Yep. Um all right, so so we're we're up to the to the to the rent free stuff as well with the, mm-hmm. and then this made uh, international news. So I think it was the Washington Post, maybe had this huge article about um, the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, who is a vocal anti-gay marriage advocate, uh, is having an affair. So the whole world knows we're fucking a country of dipshits. So that's good. Horny nation. Horny nation. And I think that leads us up to today, which has been a good day. Oh, there was oh uh, one more thing uh, before that, which was the... Honestly, it's so stupid and I, I feel like I'm fixate, fixating on this and nobody else found it as funny as I did. But uh, the Daily Telly front page this morning was another Marks and Joyce yarn where... Uh, I think the headline was something along the lines of like seems fishy or whatever. And it's uh, Joyce standing next to Campion while Joyce uh, is holding a a fish. (laughs) Uh, And then like in the first or second paragraph, there's like images capture a playful Barnaby Joyce and Vicky Campion mucking about with a fish. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just like something from the... Like a fucking Chris Morris news thing, minister caught mucking about with a fish is just like <laughs> the best scandal I can imagine. So, uh, so we we have missed a couple of other things. Oh, there was the uh, um, it was only a little thing, but he corrected his military record. Mm-hmm. He had like exaggerated it by three years, which is bizarre. Yeah, uh, apparently. Um- it was undecided there whether he had exaggerated it or whether it was a clerical error in the filing because apparently they had made oh. a bunch of other errors with other people's dates as well. It was just a strange time to be doing it. It was very I, um, funny. 
I see part of the reason that I'm inclined to err on the side of not believing Barnaby is because the the general MO for like um, uh, ministers and senators and stuff in this department, much like uh, expenses scandals, is that somebody does some investigating and they do some freedom of information requests and they dig up some documents and they say, uh, hey, you claimed a shitload of taxpayer money for this thing that you went to where it doesn't seem that you actually had any uh, electorate business in the thing you were doing. And they say, oh, yeah, I'll just correct the record and then pay for that. Um, and now I'm not in trouble. Uh, and the army service thing was was like somebody said, hey, you didn't actually serve for this long or for these three years. And, and he went, oh, yeah, I'll correct that. Um <laughs> Now, speaking of um, expensive stuff, there was also the thing that came up where um, he had been pinged for uh, using, I think it was like $16,000 of taxpayer money for 50 nights that he stayed in Canberra where he had no electorate business and parliament wasn't sitting. Oh, yeah. So, um, so basically, he was just on the taxpayer dime, um, boning down with his mistress in Canberra, I think is the assumption we're all making. Yeah, it was something like he he claimed twice as many nights as the next amount claimed by yeah. another national MP. Yeah, wow. it was very, a very significant discrepancy. Um, and also, there was the thing that got uncovered today or yesterday where... Um, Labor started asking questions about a payment from the government uh, to a company that just so happened to be owned by Barnaby's pal who gave him his rent-free apartment. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, like, what, what I'm really taking away, like I said before, um, I, I think what has made this quite unique as a political scandal is that there's something for everyone to be disappointed by. Oh, there is. We're all against him. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's like a centrist, uh, like centrist, Labor, Liberal voters, National voters, Greens, far left and far right people. They all have something to dislike about. Well, this. I mean, I think he has to like shoot some Catholic iconography with a gun to make Miranda Devine uh, flip her side of the story. But uh, everyone else, yeah. oh, she's uh, Devine's been quite critical of him. Over this, she just found Actually, a way to turn her criticism of him into criticism of also the people that are criticizing him. Oh, look, is that the really article weird. that was about the left? He was like a victim of the left or something? The sanctimonious uh, left will make this sort yeah, of that's the one. be yes, overblown. I, the insinuation was um, that, yes, it's he absolutely did something wrong and people should be mad about it. But the the leftists who are like pretending to be madder than they actually are or should be are ruining it for everybody. So of course the bad party in this is the leftists, um, yeah. which is a pretty standard Miranda Devine tactic. If you are unfamiliar with Miranda Devine, uh, please go back and revisit an episode in a series of which we have only done one entry, and we need to do another one, Ben, uh, called the Dipshit Dossier. Uh, and our very first entry was examining the collected works of um, huge noted dipshit Miranda Devine. Um, Miranda Devine, uh, cartoon horse penis enthusiast. <laughs> um, so also, um, also, I I could not help but notice in her article where she was vaguely defending Barnaby. Um, there was a little excerpt that caught my eye because she said. Um, she said, oh, all these leftists pretending to be so mad, but they'd be crazy to dump him given all of the support that is flooding in um, to the Nationals' offices. And uh, she, she then quoted a letter, and apparently this was the first and most worthwhile letter of support that she, that she thought, you know, was worth quoting, um, in which somebody said, uh, good on you, Barnaby. You're a you're a straight white non-Muslim male, just like me. And what you do in your own time is none of my business. You have my support. I was like, what an incredibly strange letter to pick as 
Oh, you couldn't possibly stand to lose the support of a man who writes letters like this. Fuck, she's cooked. Oh, she's so cooked. Please do go back and listen to that episode. And Ben, I would really like it if we could do another dipshit dossier. I want to say Andrew Bolt. Should we do Andrew Bolt next? Yeah, Bolt would be a good one. Yeah. Do it, and you can talk about how Bolt's coming over to the left. Yeah, how he gets um, wokish sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes does. So, all of this, all this jazz... Um, brings like, us to today. Brings us to today. And like I said, something for everyone to hate. Um, like, progressives and left-wing people can dislike the graft, the jobs for the boys and the girls kind of angle... Um, the very clear evidence that the government has taken an active hand in covering this up, the, uh, you know, all the dancing around um, ministerial standards stuff, all the very, old, like, um, oh, there, there was... So, so the one other announcement today was that um, the, the Labour Party in question time had asked, will Barnaby Joyce be acting PM? when the PM goes away on official business next week. Because if you are uh, not an Australian listener, when we have, we have the Prime Minister, who is the Prime Minister, and when the Prime Minister fucks off to another country to do some international bullshit, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister becomes the acting Prime Minister for the country during that time. Um, so, you know, uh, Turnbull is due to go away next week, and... The Labour Party were asking, so is Barnaby Joyce going to be the acting PM? Um, presumably hoping that that would be the case so that they could spend the entire week fucking mercilessly roasting him during every question time. Um, and the Prime Minister, Prime Minister said, yes, absolutely, yes, he will be. Uh, until the very next day, today, which he said, uh, actually, Barnaby Joyce will be taking leave for one week um, and Matthias Coleman will be acting PM. Uh, this made it sound a lot like Barnaby was getting put on the back burner. Or at yeah, the very but he's not. At the very least, like he was trying to avoid scrutiny. Um, and yes, so it is worth noting that, like I said, during his week off, he gets, um, he gets his $8,000 of pay. But there was one final other thing that we didn't even catch in the midst of all this other shit about Barnaby, which is apparently... Between the time that he had to, um, that he was disqualified from his seat, because remember that he had his whole citizenship saga, um, he was disqualified from sitting in his seat, which meant that he technically lost his $416,000 a year job for six weeks until they ran the election campaign and he was put back in. You would think that a man who has spent the last several years doing a $416,000 a year job and then however many years before that doing it for, you know, $300,000 a year or whatever, um, could maybe pay his own way for six weeks during oh, an election but campaign. he did not. He did not pay his own way. He did not. Instead, it turns out that the National Party um, used their funding that they get from their own fucking members to pay Barnaby Joyce his full salary in that six weeks, which was apparently something like $38,000 mm. just in that little gap so that little Barnaby didn't possibly have to just pay his own way on his almost half a million dollar salary in so that small gap of six off years. Even their members. Their very own members who contribute donations to them. They've pissed off right-wing people who are all about family values and straight marriage and all that sort of shit. They've pissed off people on the left who don't care about the money but just want to be sanctimonious about his hypocrisy over same-sex marriage. The list just goes on and on and on. And so this afternoon, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull announced that he was going to have Ooh. a press conference at 4.50 in the afternoon, uh, called it very little notice, which often, which often suggests that some shit is about to go down. Am I correct? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I was hoping for something that did not happen. Yes, and everybody went, oh shit, Barnaby's out of here, he's fucking gone. And He is not gone. Yeah, the Prime Minister called his press conference and said, I've had a good talking to Barnaby and he knows that he's been naughty now. And, and that was kind of the gist of it. Um, so I missed the actual. And then, thing. and then, 
I don't know if this was actually in the press conference because I missed it, but uh, then the bonk ban happened. The bonk ban. The bonk ban. Bonk ban 2018. So Yes, yeah, so Malcolm Turnbull announced that uh, they're banning people from having sex with their staffers. So the, the press conference was super weird because he spent the good first five minutes really laying into Joyce, which was fantastic. <laughs> just be like, it was shameful. It's disgusting. Can't believe he did this. Blah, blah, blah. He knows what he's done. That it's shameful. The lives that he's impacted. Uh, and uh, he, 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 the speech came from a slightly uh, male ally bent. He was largely talking about how the worst thing about it is the impact it has on the women in his life, which I mean is probably wow. true. But what I mean, from. Someone like Turnbull, it sounds very hollow. Uh, so he banged on about that and he said, this is a big problem and it's something we're going to have to tackle and it's ridiculous that we haven't done this up to this point. Uh, we're going to add a thing to the Ministerial Code of Ethics, which means no sexual relations of any kind uh, between staffers and ministers. Uh, Starting uh, now. Now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's a range of problems with A lot this. of issues here. I am of the mind that it's kind of bullshit. Uh, I mean, as I said in the last episode, I genuinely think sleeping with your coworkers is a terrible idea. Uh, sleeping with someone where the power dynamic is that vastly different is generally a terrible idea. But also, so previously the ministerial code had a thing in there about partners and family members that you could, you know, employ people in your office or appoint people to other offices that you were, you know, that was your partner or whatever. You just needed to get the PM's approval for the role, which is kind of where all of this nonsense, where a lot of people were trying to gotcha Joyce over, which means that there, there's a very good chance that there are already people that are in those positions that have those relationships because it was previously allowed. I, and I mean, the idea of just coming out of nowhere and saying, all right, if you're in one, you're fucked. You got to stop doing what you're doing. Seems kind of insane to me. But on the other hand, because uh, the ministerial code of conduct only applies to government MPs, so only coalition MPs uh, and coalition assistant MPs, not coalition senators, not senators from other parties, not ministers from other parties, strictly government ministers, fuck them. They can go to hell. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and look, there's there's obviously a bunch of a bunch of issues here with the ministerial code of conduct stuff specifically, namely that it just it just makes zero sense to as as the liberal and the national parties so frequently do position themselves as the the voice of moral authority. Um, telling you know, telling all the the plebs and the scum on welfare that they need to get their shit together and what they're allowed to eat and drink and what you're allowed to spend your welfare on and what kind of jobs you should be having and all that kind of shit. Um, who you should and shouldn't be having sex with, all that kind of stuff. Um, so for Turnbull to position this entire thing as, oh look, what he did was really wrong. It was really terrible. It was a, a huge breach of ethics. It was massively damaging to his own family. It was massively damaging to his own party, to the government. It's been a massive distraction. It's all really bad. It's all fucking awful. He shouldn't have done it. It should never happen again. Massive breach of trust. But it wasn't specifically written in the rules. So there's nothing we can do about it. There was no no clearly etched thing in the rules. And apart from anything else, the ministerial standards of conduct are like more than likely deliberately vague. Um, but the suggestion that somehow, like uh, I was reading a quote from him before that was like, you know, what he did was really, really terrible. Um, but now in 2018, we have to say that it's totally unacceptable to have a relationship with you, you know, to have a sexual relationship with your staffer. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it wasn't acceptable in 2017 um, or 2016. I would go out on a limb and say the vast majority of companies of any kind of significant size would have fucking workplace rules about this in place for probably the last 20 years, at least. 
saying this is inappropriate. Do not conduct this kind of relationship. Uh, so the suggestion that like once they change the rules, if somebody does it, it'll be acknowledged as a horrifying breach of ethics and that person will have to go. But since it wasn't specifically written in stone in the rules, our hands are tied and there's nothing we can do. One of it's the, just uh, so fucking farcical. One of the reporters uh, asked pretty much exactly that question where they were like, well, okay, if it's such a heinous thing to do that you've made a rule about it, why wouldn't that not be enough grounds for Barnaby Joyce to go? And then uh, I wish I could find the exact quote, but I'm, I'm typing the one hand and also I can't remember it correctly. Uh, but Turnbull's response was basically just, you can't go backwards in time. <laughs> it would, well, you, just you can't so just retroactively assess behavior. Yeah, <laughs> but you can now retroactively deem people's current relationships to be untenable. Like honestly, this is just it, if there are people that are in relationships with staffers now that are in the government, uh, they are the ones being punished while Joyce gets off scot free. There's a whole other aspect of this that um, hasn't really been touched on, or I don't know if we brought it up last week, but I saw um, there was footage from an event where uh, ministers and their families go to, um, like, Kirribilli, the Prime Minister's residence, and do a fucking meal or whatever. Um, And so, all these different ministers and their family were walking in. And the journalists outside were asking everybody what they thought about the Barnaby Joyce stuff. And they asked a deputy leader of the Liberal Party and um, foreign affairs minister, uh, Julie Bishop, um, what she thought about looking into the, you know, the private lives, the affairs and stuff of um, how how the Labour Party had said they were going to keep asking questions about this. And her response was people in glass houses and then she turned and walked into the doorway and several other liberal um liberal ministers when asked about it said oh well you know if they want to do that we can start digging dirt on them because we know tons of other people are engaged in the same kind of thing and it just struck me as being that absolutely bizarre kind of like rather than any form of attempt to distance themselves from it or refutation of it or, you know, saying, oh, this is just an an outlying thing or whatever. Instead, they just went straight to, ah, well, we know that other people are also doing this shitty thing that everyone's saying we shouldn't be doing, so we'll also drag them into it. And, it like, it was said there was no sense, there was no, no, uh, didn't seem to be any kind of awareness of the idea that that sounded fucking ridiculous and very guilty it was just like oh yeah well we'll tell everyone about all the affairs you guys are having too i was like that's not a great response so the whole thing's ridiculous and i would like to quickly throw to a question from the mailbag um which i i feel is is quite relevant to helping us just wrap this whole thing up uh oh i hear a gecko it's Nature Corner time, bitch. Nature Corner. And that ends Nature Corner. Do we know who the gecko was? Uh, you know what? With these headphones in, I can't tell what direction it's coming from, which is how I uh, ascertain the identity of the gecko. Uh, my suspicion is that's not one of the geckos that I know. Okay. Not a, not a friend of the show. Not a friend of the show, this gecko. Yeah. There's a stranger of the show. And there ends Nature Corner. Um, so, uh, wife of the show, Connor Stokes. Hello, sweetie. Um, mwah, 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 Kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, yeah. Mwah. For those playing at home. Kisses. Theo, make a kissing noise. No, yeah. I, absolutely not. Theo, do no, a kiss. I, only, for, <laughs> only for my wife. For fuck's sake. Just... Theo, he is your wife. He's, He's wife. a wife. He's your wife You now. are right, actually. Come on, do, just give us, give us one or two. Mwah, mwah. Do it. Yes. Ooh, those are some Thank big you. kisses. Ooh. Very open mouth kisses. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe calm down next time. So, um, for context, folks, we recently added some other tiers to our Patreon for subscribers. Um, we, we have always had friend of the show, which is uh, people who subscribe and support the show with their $5 a month payment. But we have added two higher tiers. We have the mid-level tier lover of the show. 
um, at which point you become our mistress that we try to hide from the government. And right up the tippy top, we have wife of the show, our dearly beloved, cherished subscribers. So Connor Stokes, beautiful, sweet wife of the show, asks, is this Barnaby scandal going to drag on much longer than it should because he's too dumb and or cooked to realize the extent of his own fuck-ups, a.k.a. Malcolm Roberts syndrome? And it's worth noting that he asked this question like several days ago. Um, so there's been a, another great big river of diarrhea since then. Um, and I, I would just like to say on that particular question that I feel like what this whole sorry saga has really brought home is something that I've had a strong suspicion about for quite a few years, but I think this really cements it. And that is that um, the, the political class in this country, which for several years now has been polling as like, the, you know, the most um, distrusted institution in the country uh, and just keeps getting worse and worse. It's that basically there is nothing that a, a politician can do anymore short of being caught red handed in a crime or being declared constitutionally um, ineligible to hold a seat that will actually force a political party to say, all right, this is too much and, and you're gone. Um, either that or in the case of things like, um, if you remember the string of expenses scandals a while ago that culminated with um, Bronwyn Bishop losing her role as both a Liberal Party uh, minister and Speaker of the House because she had used a helicopter to fly somewhere that was about 15 minutes away from where she was so that she could land the helicopter on a golf course and then walk into a Liberal Party fundraiser. Um, that was like the one incident in all of that stuff where they basically said all right, we've lost the ability to defend this anymore. They tried for a good like, I'm going to say two or three weeks they, they tried for way longer than they should to to prop her mm. up until finally tony abbott gave her the tap on the shoulder and said time to go um but if this string of things about barnaby joyce um has resulted in not only not him resigning or being asked to resign but basically the Prime Minister calling a press conference to cover for him by saying, oh, I've given him a big yelling at and a smack on the bottom and I've insisted that he take a week off to sit in the naughty corner and really think about what he's done. Um, and that's the only reason. It's not because we don't want people just asking him questions about it. Um, to me, it's very clearly an attempt to say, let's just get him out of the news cycle for a week um, and try and let this blow over. And then hopefully people will just focus on something else and stop asking questions about it and it'll be all right again. Um, so, yeah, there is, there is effectively no longer anything that a politician can do that will actually get you expelled from a party. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it would be anymore. The, the shit we've seen over the last week or two with Joyce... Just, Pretty much nothing. Well, it's just been, it's literally been day after day after day of revelation after revelation about extremely... every day. Yeah, just shady conduct, taking money from big donors and not declaring it, taking free shit, taking money off their own members and donors to make sure he doesn't actually have to reach into his own pocket at any stage. Um, pretty much absolutely anything they can do to just deflect attention from him rather than just saying, okay, this guy has, has committed too many ethical breaches of the highest order and he's got to go because it's, it's doing us too much damage. And, you know, the Daily Telegraph and all the horrible people are calling for him to go and it's just not going to happen. But I think it was like a super yeah. cynical um, play from Turnbull this afternoon. Like, um, it's not even like an ass covering thing where we've gone, oh, well, we've all gotten together and we've all decided uh, that there will be uh, no consequences uh, for any of us, um, you know, which is fun. Um, but there's like a, a real, like, dark cynicism to um, what I think is a very um, deliberate um, uh 
re-kind of framing of the facts of what have happened into, well, he's just been a very naughty boy. Like, sexually, mm. he's been very naughty and this has an impact mm. on he his made fam- a mistake. family. And as we discussed on the last, you know, episode and as people are, like, on the left, I think, are screaming to them blue in the face, it's not about the fucking affair. Holy shit. It's about the fact that he... It's about the graft. It's about yeah. the graft, right? Which is just, um, you know, and and... And yet, you know, they can't understand why people hate the political class in this in this system when, uh, you know, he's uh, yeah staying rent free uh, in a an apartment uh, owned by a man who stands to politically gain directly from the position that he's in. Absolutely, none of that um, is 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 being talked about. It's just what a naughty boy he's been, and it's it's hugely cynical. Um, and uh, I don't. I hope people uh, see through Turnbull. But um, I mean, not just that. They're, they're framing it as uh, the naughtiness as a single error of judgment, not you know a sustained pattern of subterfuge. You know, mm. he's essentially misrepresenting mm. himself to voters, uh, misrepresenting himself to his colleagues, he's lying to his wife, lying to the people that he's worked with. It's not like, you know, you, they talked about it like, oh, he made a big mistake. Well, he made a series of decisions. We've talked about, though, this has been a pattern of behavior from him long before the any of the stuff about the affair. There was all of the, like, all the different expenses scandals where he's had to repay money for things because... It was very obviously off, like, you know, f- flying to fucking India for mining magnate Gina Reinhardt's family member's wedding and then charging taxpayers for his flights back from India. All that sort of shit. He's been engaged in in just this shady graft bullshit. All the stuff that, you know, career politicians think of as just being their natural entitlements to subsidize their salary. But um, but to what you were saying, Theo, I absolutely agree because that was one thing that really stuck out to me from the Prime Minister's press conference, which is where he said, like, people don't care about the stuff about the jobs or whatever. What they care about is is how mean he was to his wife and daughters. And it was like, no, that's that's literally that's the part that taxpayers yeah. don't get a say in. The part that taxpayers get a fucking say in is creating like a two hundred thousand dollar a year job for your mistress, so you don't get into trouble. Um, the you know the shit that taxpayers care about is all of the all of the covering it up, all of the paying for flights and accommodation for you and your fucking mistress, who also works for you, who is also paid for by taxpayers to fly around, and take holidays, and all that sort of shit. It's all of that stuff, and then all of the naked obvious lying about it and everything that's the shit people and you kind of go well if it took um you know uh a very embarrassing um affair like framed in very you know embarrassing ways you know she's pregnant he's still married all this kind of stuff to actually reveal all of this stuff which i would say is totally totally incidental to the affair um you have to wonder what else is going on like at the top level of these parties um especially if if they're Mm. talking yeah, that comment about glass houses where they are, oh, you know, watch out if you investigate, you know, gla- big glass houses, you know, deliberately aimed at labor. Whereas I think the public um, will hear that and go, well, fuck, maybe, maybe we should uh, look into all of them. Maybe that would be um, mm. not just uh, something you say sarcastically, but uh, actually a very decent idea um, that we should apply uh, everywhere. Actually, you raise an interesting point because I did see, I cannot remember who it was, but a journalist um, on Twitter responding to one of of the Prime Minister's quotes saying, oh, it's completely unacceptable, so much so that we are now making it a rule in the Ministerial Code of Conduct. And he said, okay, so once that's in the Ministerial Code of Conduct, is that a green light to journalists to investigate every one of these affairs? Because now it will be officially against the rules of conduct for ministers. Yeah, um, Uh, I I saw at least Barry Cassidy say that. Yeah, that was who it was. Uh, Shout out old wrinkled bulldog Barry Cassidy. And I will say, crime pass of the week, uh, have sex with your staffer. Yep. Yep. I'm not going to say that. Like consensually. Consensual. Yes, not that kind of crime. I mean, technically, it's it's not illegal. Not that kind of crime. To to do that. Not an illegal Uh, one. And a, uh, a, a, what's what's the word? This is a guideline pass. 
<laughs> a misdemeanor yes. pass. Guideline pass. Yeah. Minor misdemeanor. Yep. Uh, so, uh, just, th- yeah. This is kind of peripheral to, well, I mean, it's, it's involved the Joyce thing. This just kind of speaks to how the whole thing is kind of indicative of his character. There was a story that came out uh, on 2GB yesterday with someone talking to Ben Fordham. So, yesterday or the day before, where it turns out that when uh, Campion was five months pregnant, deep, deep, deep into her affair with Barnaby Joyce, uh, Joyce's wife, ex well, I guess she's still technically his wife, whatever, the estranged wife, Natalie, had to intervene to stop him from sending out a Christmas card that had him, his wife, and all the kids on it. Oh, yeah. What a piece of shit. So, you know, he's still trying to use his family as a prop. Mm. It, yeah, you know, so there is there is the hypocrisy of saying my family is off limits while also trying to use them to portray yourself in that way. Yeah, I, I remember, I can't remember who it was, but someone was making the point that, you know, he got News Corp in to do like one of those big cushy, oh, look at me at home with my family pieces, like prior to the affair coming out. He has used them. He's brought them into the media. He's brought them in as a political tool you know, to sell his image as a family person or whatever. You don't get to decide that they're not, that family's not relevant to you mm. the moment you start fucking around. That's Although it. clearly family isn't relevant to you the moment you start fucking around. Mm. So, uh, we are going to keep an eye on things, obviously, over the next week. We'll see what happens. We'll see if uh, Barnaby takes his holiday and everyone gets bored of it and he just comes back and gets his image rehabilitated, as happens with so many huge piece of shit Australian politicians. Um, Or maybe just more and more shit will come out and um, he will wind up stepping down. Either way, we got you covered. We will keep you informed. Uh, Right now, though, I'm going to very quickly jump to another question from the mailbag uh, to help me tie this off. This question comes courtesy of a lover of the show, Amy. Uh, you may remember Amy from comparing Theo to Brainy Smurf and um, just... I, it's, I do remember Amy from that, Angie. Thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, I thought you might. Um, Amy, you may be uh, happy or sad to know that you have irreparably psychologically scarred Theo. Anyway, Amy no, asks... it's fine. I was already like this. <laughs> Uh, Amy asks, um, says, I just want to confirm that Andrew thinks that the Spice Girls are better than the Beatles. Um, So for your context on the last bonus episode, uh, Lucy and I uh, talked about her her attendance at a recent screening of Fifty Shades Freed. Um, We went very in-depth on the trilogy of Fifty Shades movies, uh, the Wayans Brothers parody, Fifty Shades of Black, um, and then somehow we just got into me talking for a long time about the film Spice World starring the Spice Girls. Uh, I was comparing it to the Beatles movie, A Hard Day's Night, I'm pretty sure. You were. You were indeed. Yes, um, but I would like to confirm that I do in fact think that the Spice Girls are, are better than the Beatles and that their contribution to society and culture will outlast the Beatles by hundreds of years. Andrew, thank you so much for um, having me on the podcast. It's really, it's really fun thing that I get to do. Um, it's incredible that I'm here, and <laughs> you are such a fucking idiot. <laughs> Got to agree with every word Theo just oh, said. Oh, so you enjoy the podcast too? That's good to know. Just for the record, yeah. Uh, did any of the Spice Girls beat their wives? No, they didn't, Ben. No. Thanks you oh. very much. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, so that's. I think Theo just died. Yep. Uh, so, members of members of the podcast who support uh, beating your wife and estranging your children too. <laughs> members of the cast who enjoy the antics of the oh. Spice Girls too. Oh, I see. I see. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a very me. even split. Yep. So, folks, if you would like to catch uh, that episode and more, we've got lots of bonus material for you. Or if you would just like to support the show, if you would like to become a friend, lover, or wife of the podcast, uh, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Bunta Vista. Uh, sign up today. Give us all of your love and we will return it in kind. Uh, also, if it's your bag... Get on over to um, iTunes and rate the show. Five stars only. 
Can we just put that out there? Five stars only. Five stars only. Five stars only. Um, yeah, if you've got a less than five star review, I want you to think it mm-hmm. and then just walk into the sea. Yep. I actually invite a four star mm. review with uh, with constructive feedback. So just putting that out there. I don't there. want that shit. No. But only if the constructive feedback is not critical of either of our, any of us individually. Yep. Um, if, yep. you've, if you've got a review that is less than five stars, I would like you to write it down on a post-it note um, and then just fold the post-it up. Uh, chew it up and swallow it. So, folks, we're going to leave you there and uh, we'll see you. We'll see our beautiful patrons over on the bonus episode and we'll see the rest of you scumbags. Uh, In you, hell. Yeah, you you thankless freeloaders. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. See you in hell.